I love the fact that he had Padlet in there. He had um, has interactive content. He has videos. He's got a thing link. He has audio. He's the variety of materials caters as UDL would to those that are visual, audio, and how anybody learns best. There's multiple ways of learning. And that's one of the really super things I found within his binder. That was Linda Hool, a longtime Live Binders curator, who was sharing with me a quick review of the UDL Toolkit Binder created by Fred Cochran, who is our featured guest on our very first podcast. I'm Tina Schneider, founder of LiveBinders.com, and welcome to LiveBinders Organized Success podcast channel. If you aren't familiar with us, LiveBinders is a cloud-based application that helps you organize resources into online digital binders. So you're probably wondering, why a podcast? Well, we come across fantastic public binders, and we usually post them on our Featured Binders page or on our Twitter and Facebook feeds. But the one thing that's missing is giving an opportunity to our curators a chance to share their story behind their binders. So this is an experiment. And ultimately, we hope that the binders and the stories we share will inspire you as much as they've inspired us. So this interview was taken back in October of 2019, when social distancing had not yet become a global hashtag and a new way of life. Today, we're all working from home with new challenges to stay connected and keep productive. And I hope that you'll find our podcast even more useful now than ever before. So to begin, Fred Cochran is a coordinator for the Continuous Improvement and Support at San Joaquin County Office of Education, and I am so thankful that Fred took the time out of his busy schedule to join us to talk about his UDL Toolkit Binder. Now, for those of you who don't know what UDL stands for, it is Universal Design for Learning. And I found the history of UDL and its adoption to education fascinating and only learned about it through Fred's Binder. In this episode, Barbara Talent, who is our co-founder here at LiveBinders, joins me to welcome Fred as he talks about UDL and even shares with us how practicing a simple shift in his perspective improved his own work. In fact, I walked away with a new appreciation for how I can give better presentations, and that, I think, is the beauty of UDL. Anyone can benefit, whether you are presenting in person, over a video conference call, whether you are in business or as an advisor, or as, even as a student, you'll appreciate how to better engage your audience with these simple mind shifts. As you'll see with Fred's examples, the rest will follow. With all of that said, let's get started. Well, thank you so much, Tina and Barbara. Um, it's an honor to be with you today. Um, this is really exciting work, LiveBinder and, and uh, and making it make sense for, for those who get to uh, utilize the live binders. Well, I'm a coordinator in educational services here at San Joaquin County Office of Education. I'm a former educator and a instructional coach and uh, administrator for a school district in Stockton, California. But I moved on to the County Office of Education where I've been able to specialize in, in a work that uh, uh, supports the goals of school districts throughout our uh, area here. So 
so it's a great place to land so that I can, you know, share some resources with uh, my, my fellow educators. Is it the Department of Continuous Improvement and Support? Is yes, it, yes, it is. It's a department, it's kind of, it's a relatively new department. Um, it's a couple, about two years old now. And we are um, the, what we're called the differentiated uh, assistance uh, arm of the county office, where we work with schools that um, have uh, uh, an improvement model that they're working on. And we work side by side to support uh, their goals and initiatives that um, are, you know, affect their, their uh, ability to grow and, and to, to meet their, um, the educational needs of their students that they serve. Yeah, I like the title. It's not something that you would normally see, and it, it seems like you guys are focused on continually getting better and better and supporting, you know, yeah, that's your teachers and your parents, right, and your families. Sure, sure. Yeah, it takes the, the whole community together to make all this work. So it's, uh, um, you know, the, the, the connecting points um, never, you know, it's like a full array of, uh, of, of entities that we need to be sure that we're connecting with um, so that everyone knows what everyone's doing. Well, I have definitely, and I know Barbara, and Barbara, uh, do you want to say hello? I forgot to Barbara's in in the room, <laughs> yeah. everybody. You can hear I'm her here voice. Too. Yes. She's there. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, you tell it. You at our certified trainers meetings, you're always engaging us with you know, parent feedback, family feedback, teacher feedback, and so it really gives us a great perspective on you know how people need to get information. And you seem to be doing a lot of that, especially um, around the UDL toolkit. But you've done professional development, so you do that for school districts, right? Yes, I do. Um, you know, that's probably one of the main parts of my, important part of the position I hold here. One of the great things about my position here is that I get to wear a lot of hats. And some people would say, oh my God, you wear so many hats, you, you're you head up family and community engagement, or you're working with uh, uh, positive behavior interventions and support, which is the acronym PBIS, or um, you're a lead for multi-tiered systems of support, which is the acronyms MTSS. I mean, I wear a lot of hats, and and at times it, um, I mean, to some people it might seem like, wow, there's so many things you focus on. But you know, it kind of lets me see a bigger picture, uh, having the uh, experiences that I have because I not only work with families or help help school districts connect with families, but I'm I have a a history of working with English language learners, so I can bring that perspective into my trainings. And um, special ed, I work I work with school districts to to support uh, teachers and students in their schools uh, around uh, the student study teams, which is another acronym SST. And and really, what's so cool about uh, going back to MTSS, the multi tier systems of support, that is probably where I started to see where everything was organized within this. Um, framework because the MTSS is a framework. The and, framework of UDL, do you mean? Um, well, UDL resides in the framework. So you have, uh, you know, the whole idea around MTSS is um, a, a 
addressing the needs of all students uh, behaviorally, well, of course, academically, behaviorally, and social emotional. So all these, all those, those three parts uh, encompass the child, and and we um, really stress the fact that um, all students get access, not just you know the bottom, the core. Uh, part of the pyramid. Many people look at a pyramid and say, "Well, there's a 80% at the at the bot at the foundational part, and then there's 15 that are going to need support, 15%, and then five are going to need intensive support." So, so, but the model for MTSS is to um, be sure that we're looking at our systems and to be sure that we're addressing the needs of all students, and. Um, uh, MTSS is uh, the perfect way for people to see that RTI, which is response to intervention, and PBIS, as I mentioned earlier, are all part of how we make this thing make sense. And universal design for learning is the instructional piece. This is how we're going to make it a change in our classrooms with teachers and parents and students. Well, let's, um, so that's a perfect segue. I've got this, um, you know, I want to explain what UDL is, although it may be a very common term now. You introduced it to me a couple of years ago with your UDL toolkit binder. Mm -hmm. I want to define it a little bit for our audience, and it's a fascinating history, and I think it makes perfect sense. So I found a couple of websites. This one is ocali.org. Um, uh, you speak to it better than I do. If you want to talk about, you know, where this where this idea came from, right? With Ron Mason right. being an architect, actually. Right. Well, as I um, became more, um, uh, you know, engrossed in MTSS and and, but I needed to know more about universal design for learning because we were mentioning in our trainings, but not going into. Um, specific details of, of, of what um, UDL really is. So uh, in my uh, research over the last few years, I really wanted, you know, I, I found out that this, the term UDL is really, um, was grandfathered or, or it was, you know, originated with Ron Mace, who was disabled himself and also a, uh, an architect. And he would design products and environments for people with, um, uh, disabilities, so uh, maybe physical disabilities. Um, just to mention that, uh, you know, when we think about um, uh, a a ramp to get uh, that's maybe next to stairs, and we think about the ramp as a way to get into a building, we can thank Ron Mace for this because uh, that that gave access to. Um, individuals that maybe were on a wheelchair or maybe they were in a walker and they couldn't take steps. But soon people figured out, hey, this is great for the UPS driver who has a, a dolly that he's pushing or the mom with the babies in the, in the stroller. Um, and, and, or somebody has their, uh, you know, just has some, some mobility issues. And, and in these, so we start calling, we call these things universal access because it's a way to, for everyone to have uh, access, even though it was intended to be sure that those with uh, those uh, mobility issues uh, just, you know, would have, would be able to uh, yeah. 
get to same access as somebody who can open, you know, go up the right. stairs and, right. and open the door, which right. was really, so the real brilliance to me behind that is the, the fact that they took the time to be, to go back and look at studies about who was using it. Like they actually went back and, and reflected on this design and realized, hey, you know, there's a lot more people using this and what does that mean? And so somebody took that idea then and kind of applied it to education. Right, yeah, the um, CAST, um, which is the Center for Applied uh, Special Technology in the 80s, um, you can see on your screen here, it was founded in 1984. They are our, um, the mothership for us. And uh, the research around universal design for learning the framework, uh, the guidelines, all of uh, you know the research around uh, the uh, different three networks of the brain that um, the effective network recognition and strategic networks. This is all their research that they did, and little by little, um, it has made its way into mainstream education. You know, um, so this is uh, this is an exciting time because. Uh, we want to be sure that all kids have access and that we're not um, limiting access just because a student may not be able to read a grade level or they may not have uh, um, the same um, uh, learning style as another student. So we're really, we're really looking at ways to, so how can we get to the same goal, learning goal um, without, um, saying there's only one way to do this or you give multiple ways to get to to the, the to the learning goal itself right and i think uh you know i'll share this link um on the podcast page but the myth page of of the okali website kind of spells it out for you know all the arguments about you know what udl is or isn't um it's really a, to get your mind around it it's really thinking about you know when you approach your classroom you know, you have the right framework to say, is everybody, is everybody getting the ideas, getting the instruction that you need, not whether the instruction is right or not. It has nothing to do with the instruction itself. It's the access to that instruction. Like It's a, a big shift for many educators, especially those who've been in the, um, uh, in education for a, a while, because a lot of times we reflect back upon our own learning experiences as students. And, um, we I've experienced this where you know it was one way and this is this is the lesson this is how I teach it I'm gonna tell you what you do you do this activity and you're done and you either pass or fail pretty much and now uh, we're asking teachers to really look at knowing their students which is number one really knowing who their students are how they learn best and really making that connection so that um, there are multiple uh, choices or, or opportunities for students to actually achieve the learning that um, is based around the, the, the learning goal itself. So yeah, a lot of the um, a lot, a lot of the mindset we're trying to to present is that um, that variability factor that. Uh, every learner is unique, and that um, the, you know this myth of average that we're always looking at the average isn't doesn't work. Um, you know we want every student to be able to um, be successful, and so if we're always teaching to the average, we're missing then uh, 
a big part of our population. Right? Yeah, yeah. It just seems like such a huge shift in the way learning has been done. Does it fight at all with the um, whole trying to teach to standards? Um, no, I don't think it, it fights with standards because uh, every lesson that you do um, uh, design with universal design in mind, um, uh, you know, is standards. It's based on a standard. So, um, you know, that's stressed in all the, the uh, professional development we do that um, uh, it's always standards. Um, we're always addressing the standard. It's getting to the standard is is the the shift. The roadblock. Yeah, it can be a roadblock or or what we call um, bar a barrier. And barriers are um, often a discussion with teachers because they, um, and it, I won't say just teachers, but in the in the field, there's a there are barriers that get thrown up because um, it's easier to throw up a barrier than to actually sometimes do the work, you know? So, yeah, that's definitely right. true. <laughs> yeah, there's so, there's so many uh, tools that teachers can use, uh, you know, teach uh, text-to-speech, um, recordings, um, uh, pictures, videos, um, visuals, uh, realia, having the real object, you know, to be able to touch and hold. Um, really to help uh, create meaning for kids. Um, it's just thinking, it's thinking more broadly, I guess, as to um, what would, what might appeal to one may not appeal to another. Um, some kids need um, to have um, lessons modeled specifically on how do I make a choice and it, what happens when I make the wrong choice? Is it okay to make a new choice? And we want them to feel that they have some autonomy there, that they can make those decisions and grow as expert learners. Because the whole goal of UDL is to create expert learners. Um, and um, unless we uh, give students the tools to do that, we're, you know, we're not teaching UDL. We did a, a conference in Long Beach in July, and it was called UDL Guidelines, a three-hour tour. Okay, what does everybody think of when you hear three-hour tour? <laughs> right? Very, very interesting. So why don't you go ahead and explain what happened there? What, well, why, why Gilligan's Island? <laughs> well, yeah, this was, so it was really fun. Um, when we were asked to present at the uh, MTSS, PLI, PLI stands for um, Professional Learning Institute. Uh, in Long Beach, um, I, I was asked to co-facilitate with uh, James McKenna, uh, who's a UDL expert uh, from LA County Office of Education. So he and I have had opportunities to collaborate throughout the year, but this was our first time to plan together. But when I was uh, asked to be a co-presenter, they said, you know, kind of can you come up with something kind of catchy? How we're going to have a number of, of uh, pre-conference sessions, and um, how would you sell this? You know, to your audience. You know, why why would people want to come? And <clears throat> immediately I said, well, you know, if we're talking about guidelines, why don't we become guides instead of presenters? Why don't we get into character here and really make this 
a little more engaging, a little more fun. So if you can have fun while you learn, isn't that going to be something you remember rather than uh, just being talked to about slides and, and you could do this and you could do that. So, so um, James and I um, came up with the Gilligan's Island because we thought, well, the three hour tour, it's cemented in our minds, you know, about that, uh, that, uh, that day that they took off from Hawaii and uh, got marooned on an island somewhere, right? So um, I thought, well, you know, we've got three principles of uh, UDL, which are um, engagement, representation, and action and expression. Why don't we call those the islands of each of those principles? So that um, made me think that um, how, how, could we, how could we incorporate that, incorporate that in the training? Um, and one, one program that I've been, um, I have been using in some of my trainings is called um, ThingLink. And so I worked with our... Um, I'm going to open up your binder here so I can show sure. everyone yeah. what we're talking about here. This is the binder that... Um, kind of got Fred on the, the UDL um, tour, I guess. Right, right. Getting, you're just starting to get out there and sharing it. Right. And I've got here one of your thing links here. And if I use our binder to search for it, you've got it under new resources. Right. And I'm gonna scroll down and you've got, the Padlet is, we're gonna talk about that later because this is how you kind of organized it, but these are the different thing links. Right. So here is an island of engagement, and each one has a hotspot. So this is what Thing Links let you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so much fun. Of course, you'll see the live binder link at the uh, bottom right-hand corner, um, and try to make sense of the icons that I had available to me, so that um, that when the participants in the training had their, they had an hour to explore the three principles. And so we had a, a Google Doc because Google embeds beautifully into uh, Google Forms embed beautifully into ThingLink, and of course ThingLink embeds beautifully into LiveBinder. So it was um, a perfect way to um, present um, from the Padlet, and the Padlet, of course, can you know showcases beautifully within um, the UD, uh, the uh, LiveBinder itself. So. Um, we gave uh, participants a, an hour to explore the three principles, and some chose to stay into one one area. They just wanted to be in engagement because they know that's usually the 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 hook, you know, to get get um, kids motivated is you you have to engage them, you know. So um, a lot of people, some of the group decided, well, we're just going to stay here, but since we have these resources, we we can go back and we can review the others and uh, look at the, um, uh, the the hotspots as you mentioned that were are linked to the to the to the image. So um, I think people had fun with that because it was it was different than just being so clinical, you know, and and uh, charts and graphs. Right? Yeah, it they, sounds so much more interactive. It does you know and. Try to keep things as um, consistent as, as I could between the three different islands because I thought, well, you know, if I can keep the same format going, then um, 
you know, people say, well, okay, that's where they have the video, which I really like. So I'm going to watch that video in the other thing link. And I, and I just know how to navigate. So I think the navigation is so important. So yeah. people don't have to labor to say, well, I don't remember how, how you got there, you know? So trying to, trying to make it me be sensible, I guess I could say that, you know, if it, if it was me on the other end looking at this, this is what I would need <laughs> as a learner, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the exact practice, right? Uh -huh. All of the knowledge is, is all there. Like mm -hmm. if I just go to this thing link, I'm going to get the same resources as I would from the Padlet, um, you know, or just going directly to it, you know, from the binder or, or how, whatever it is that you're sharing. So it's what, it, like you said, everybody had a different perspective based on that time of mm -hmm. day, maybe, right. or, you know, whatever they're doing. And so it was kind of a study for you guys too. Oh, it was. And you know, the way this is uh, designed here is that, course the principle of engagement becomes the island engagement but the guidelines themselves uh, recruiting interests um, self-regulation and persistence so to make that a little more engaging we gave it names like the bay of self-regulation or the cove <laughs> for sustaining and the land the, the recruiting interest landing it was just so much fun I mean I, I enjoyed putting this together and the reaction we got which we can talk about a little bit later uh, from the audience was great. We had a full house and we had 180 uh, folks in the audience and um, they, you know, the feedback was great. You know, they, they love to be able to be able to look at things in a, uh, a different manner. And, uh, and I think I, I may not have mentioned, but James and I actually got into character. It was the skipper and James was Gilligan and, um, we just both hammed it up. Anyway, it was a, it was a fun experience, and um, uh, you know, and and in the work we do here in um, and throughout the county offices in California of education, you know, we are really looking at ways to work smarter than and and to share resources with each other. So. Um, you know, it's not like these are mine, these are ours, and these resources. And, and the idea of creating this binder was that I wanted everyone to have access to it um, because there are things in here that you, you, you might be able to, to use to, to motivate your own audience. So um, that's the, that, was, that was part of the reason why I wanted to do a public binder because I wanted access for all really yeah really gaining in views here and and you know you've, you've already gone off and done presentations to a wider audience right right i mean i get my ideas in um looking at other live binders of that others have done throughout the the actually internationally and it is um it's just we we need to work we would need to work smart, smarter, and we need to um, know that we all have uh, some great tools out there, and just to try and incorporate them uh, in our our time together is really important. So, in in your own professional development, how how have you changed knowing about these? Well, the, you, the three guidelines for universal design. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know. Um, 
one of my colleagues uh, here at the county office and I had a conversation of, well, it's been almost two years ago, but we were talking about how can we engage our audiences and how do we keep the momentum going? And I said, you know, we need to think UDL. We need to think in that manner. We need to, to, to create interactive experiences uh, give our participants choice, you know, put ourselves where they're sitting and think about what would it be like for me to have to sit here and listen to this or to engage in this content or um, different ways that um, that might be appealing that I never really would have thought about. And so um, we really decided to, to look at choice in the trainings and really to be mindful of the fact that it is difficult for teachers or administrators to sit still for a long period of time, um, that we need to be uh, cognizant of the of, of modalities to be sure that people have a, uh, opportunities to kind of re-energize, you know, when they're in a training, just to get the blood flow going. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, some movement is really important and just to start to think about the fact that um, if teachers don't have a chance to uh, or participants don't have a chance to regurgitate what you've been uh, exploring then it doesn't really it isn't very meaningful for them right so so you know that has been um, um, a way I've been thinking about how I lead professional development or develop it as to being given choice within the, 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 the training itself. Um, I could give you like a little example of one that's really simple that I tried um, uh, and a, a live, uh, it was actually a UDL uh, lesson planning session. And often, you know, you like to check in with the, the group and you like to uh, see how they're doing and, and um, and sometimes we call that shares and celebrations, um, you know, just a moment to check in with one another on how they're doing today or, or what's going on. And so um, I thought about this before my training, actually, I came up with the idea. I said, well, you know, I think I'll put poster paper on all the tables and have uh, um, asked the question, pose the question and, um, and ask people or give people the participants uh, an opportunity to uh, express themselves any way they'd want. So they could draw a picture, they could write the lyrics to maybe a song, a verse to a poem, a quote, um, a rap, whatever it was that, you know, that might help them express where they were at that time, you know, and, and or if they preferred to turn to a partner at the table and just have a conversation about this is what's going on with me today or what's been happening to me. You know, so I opened up a, a number of different ways for the audience just to engage um, with a, a simple topic, how's your day going? Or what's going on with you? Or checking in. And it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch them. I said, that was my test to see if um, just to put choice into a simple activity could engage the audience. So that mm -hmm. was that was um, that was one little little shift that I I made in my own 
delivering of uh, PD that I think is something I'm, I've got to keep that in mind when I plan future trainings. Yeah. So you practiced a little bit of what you're trying to encourage people to do, uh, which is, yeah, think about choice. Um, right. How do I give my audience choice? And it's interesting because it kind of ties in with about, you know, really thinking about the audience, give all this information to people, but um, really be being cognizant of you know, clarity, context, um, engagement. Uh, it, it makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah, I think it does. Um, another um, tool that I have been using or a technique I've been using uh, for time management uh, it's been a technique called the the Pomodoro uh, technique and that's also in our um, the live binder that I developed uh, created and um, I learned this from uh, a training a couple of years ago I went to where um, the you you tell the audience you know in advance you you say you know we're going I'm going to be presenting to you for um, 25 minutes approximately and we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know whatever the learning is centered around or the objective for the training is and then the timer will go off or I'll have a silent timer and then you get five minutes to yourself so you can use that five minutes to talk at your table. You can use the five minutes to check your text messages, your Facebook, whatever it is that, that is often a distraction. Because what I find if, if, if participants have to sit for two and a half hours before they get a 15 minute break, you're gonna lose them somewhere along the line. And so having this, this organizational time management tool has really been um, uh, helpful for the some of my latest trainings I'm doing. In fact, when I have a group that comes back to me and uh, because we're doing a series of trainings together, I'll mention the Pomodoro technique. I said, would you like to continue and do the Pomodoro again? I get the thumbs up. They like that and they're more engaged than they would be if they had to sit or not knowing. Yeah, that sounds fabulous. Uh, and what a great way to keep people focused on, on the content. And, and you can use this in your everyday tasks that you do. You know, you might be a great tool for kids at doing homework so that they, that they, you know, you get so exhausted, you know, continuously working without taking a break. Um, so it, it's not just for, um, PD, obviously, or professional development. I mean, you could figure this in your daily life. It's and a life, yeah, it's a life skill. This is and they, great. And they say about after three or four 25-minute sessions, then you need to give yourself a longer break. I mean, you don't go all day this way, but, you know, it works out well because usually after, um, you know, three or so or four with the trainings I do, then we're gonna take our early lunch break or you know, they'll have some time and then they come back and we repeat it again until it's time to go home. But um, uh, I so far can say, wow, that, that is a, that's a tool we need to think about using and, and a, an easy one to, to implement. So a lot of good resources here in the, in the live binder about the Pomodoro. There's even a blog that, uh, uh, and they're international, you know, it, this, this, the Pomodoro idea came around 
because of the um, pomodoro, I believe means a tomato in Italian. Mm -hmm. so, and it was a timer <laughs> shaped in uh, like a tomato. You know, yeah, kitchen timers set like a tomato. So that's kind of where that all uh, kind of came about. But um, I, you know, I, when I see things that appeal to me when I'm in a training, I'm thinking, I could do that too. And the audience is usually really flexible if I, if I say, hey, we're, we're at break time. If you could give me five more minutes, that would it'd be a perfect way to, to, to transition you know, to a break. And, and they're very open to doing that because they know they're going to get their five minutes. But they realize that just cutting something off may not be a good idea right it may not it may not transition well so so when i'm developing my presentations i try to think of them being in chunks of time that will open up some new discussion which i want because i don't want to be the one that's uh the only person talking but um i want the audience to be engaged in the conversation so that may push things out a little bit. So you just manage it around around the the time that you you have together and it all seems to work out, I feel. So yeah. Yeah. So those so are good. tips. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome material. Um I, I learned something new. Mm -hmm. I know Barbara does too. The, yeah, it's just great stuff. And when I I mentioned before how I, you know, I always learn something from your binders. Are there any tips that you could share with us? You know, as you're approaching, you know, just talking about binders right now, and I know we talked about UDL, but I do love what you've done. I, I like the the background on this, matching the the tabs there, and then you know how you design your tabs and kind of thinking about what you know, process yeah. your, your audience goes through. What what are some tips you can share? Yeah, great question. Um, and I and I was thinking back, gosh, five years I've been working with you all, and that is just the best because I just feel like uh, you guys are just the best support and I've learned so much from you and I love being a, uh, um, a certified trainer um, and taking my uh, what I've learned and, and sharing it with others but I think some of the tips that I have um, you know of course in the very beginning when I started using line binder I thought well this is great because this replaces that clunky binder that we give students, I teach at the college level too, and, and, and you have these handouts and, and it's, it, it just ends up going on a shelf somewhere, you know, and collects dust. And so um, the, my attraction to the live binder was that it, it just has so many um, ways to, to um, make content so accessible. But I also think about my background, I have a background in art, and I really am into aesthetics and color and all that. So, so when I think of design, I think about, well, I wanna be sure that it's attractive. I wanna be sure that it's something people will wanna go to. Um, some binders are, um, you know, when I, and I did this myself in the very beginning, I wasn't really thinking about, maybe color coordination or, or organizing colors to match the, the intention. And, and um, I've gotten a little, I've, I've, I've seen different ways of being sure that um, uh, I, I address color importantly. For example, I, I did a live binder for a school district for um, parent, uh, it's called the Parent uh, Ambassador Program. And, um, so some of the content needed to be translated into um, Spanish. And 
So what I did with that was uh, the, the, the audience, yeah, the Spanish speakers that were in the audience, uh, I think it's called the sample, there you go. Uh, and I may not have done it exactly on this binder, but the one that I made specifically for them, anytime I had uh, something that was translatable into say Spanish, then I would put, I made the tab green so that, mm -hmm. so that my audience knew, oh, I can get the translation of that very quickly. So this binder itself, I, that may not have, I may not have done this on the sample, but I did it for them because I knew I was, I had an audience, right? Let's and that's see if we can find it. But um, anyway, um, so color, you know, using color intentionally can be really helpful. Um, and then um, I think the organization, you know, trying to build, build upon, you know, what do, what is it that you want people to know? It's like making an outline, right? And you yeah. want the you want the the topic, but then you want those subtopics to fit in there nicely so that they look like it was well. It should be very intentional, right? And if we um, if we keep that in mind, that can be really really helpful. Another thing that I've been working on is to um, uh, personalize the binder a little bit more um, in the in the UDL binder um, the welcome page has a picture of me now and I and I thought well you know what why not you know yeah. um, I have a Twitter I have my email at the County Office of Ed I am a certified trainer for live binder why not get people a, a little more of a human connection here rather than just being a you know a resource to go to so I thought well you know if I maybe pers you know add some features to it that that and also welcoming people to comment um, you know that would be a, a great way for me to build upon what I have and, and make uh, um, make it more relevant for people the one I just came up with yesterday was a thought about one one um, uh, application I have started using is called Flipgrid. And, um, and that is a, a great way to make these little 60 second videos uh, that you can uh, embed into the binder, which mm -hmm. I am planning to do. And I want to put those in maybe right, uh, instead of putting the content in, you know, just a, when you click the tab, you get you get that particular document or whatever, but putting one of my Flipgrids in, embed that into the content so that, hey, here's an idea, think about this, or don't forget to look at, at the second paragraph because this is going to be the big, the, big, yeah. uh, the big deal here that you should know about. I thought, well, why not, why not um, add voice? Yes. So, so that's my next project and, and it, I'm hopeful that I'm going to be selected to present this at a um, at a summit in April. And if I I do, this is going to be one of the things that's going to drive my my work is to really make this uh, as user friendly as possible and give folks access um, by um, you know adding voice for those that may have some may they may have some. Uh, uh, challenges with access or doing some more text-to-speech within the binder itself. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the things that I keep thinking, I, I think of, I mean, I guess I'm a, 
a UDL guy now. So, <laughs> I yes. just, you know, that's dangerous, I guess, for me. But, but really, you know, that's what keeps me. Uh, you want everyone to have gear binders, no limitations, right? Yeah, I want people to come back and say, hey, I like that. That was a, that's a useful tool. And um, I will say that here at our county office, um, the binders are the main way that we share resources throughout um, the county office here. So our, uh, some of them are private binders, some of them are public binders, but um, folks here love it because it is, um, it's easily accessible and it is, um, um, and, and I'm just excited now because my secretary is um, going to be able to upload things for me when I'm not here because before they say, okay, we've got to give all this stuff to Fred because Fred has to upload these things. And I'm not that I don't mind doing it, but you know, it's great to have a collaborator. So it's really important to have a collaborator that you can work with that uh, supports the work. Because yeah. um, then you, you want to be sure that binders are update, are up to date and that you don't run into the 404 error code. Um, uh, you know, that's something right. that's, that, and, and I know that some of the binders that I developed, you said I developed quite a few, um, it, it takes, it takes time to do that, but it, but if you really want the binder to be useful, you don't want people to have a, a barrier by saying, oh, I can't get to that because it won't, you know, that content's too old or it hasn't been updated or what, whatever. So, um, I think being cognizant of the fact that, you want things to be live. It is a live binder, right? So yeah, you want yeah. live and uh, just like a hot link, if it's not, if it's not there, you're not going to have access to it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we got the certified trainer badge for you too, specifically. Oh. So I'll send that to you. It'll look official. Well, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> and, and it is fun. And, um, you know, I was, a uh, uh, we have, a our, annual tech summit here every September. And um, uh, so I'm on the, I've been on the committee for the last four years and um, we've had situations where we've had uh, a presenter for a session um, call in sick or something happened and they couldn't make it. So um, they asked me um, the last minute, maybe a day or so before the event, would I do a, um, a session on live binder? Which, which I did, and uh, the audience that was gonna go to this training that got canceled, you know, most of them came to, to mind, and uh, it was fun to be able to share, you know, what I've been doing with LiveBinder, and uh, um, a lot of people didn't, in the audience just didn't know about it, so, so uh, it's, it's fun. You know, my job is, is in, it's always fun to share. That's what I love about my position here, so. Um, well, great. We love being part of that end. Yeah, so we love showcasing your binders, too, on our homepage. Yeah. There, we are moving ahead here in California. The, um, you know, I've been part of the, the UDL County Office Network for the last year and a half or so. So I was one of kind of the founding team members of it. And now we are, um, we have the momentum is there and we are now uh, applying to become a, the next coalition in California. So it'd be called the Cal California UDL coalition. So mm. similar to coalitions like um, 
uh, PBIS, um, Positive Behavior Intervention Support. Yeah. That's an example of a coalition, but we are going full, full, full throttle, you know, and we, I'm on the steering committee with the state, and I'm so honored to be with, like, James, who I presented with in, uh, in Long Beach, but being with the experts, because that's what, that's what fuels your enthusiasm is when you are collaborating with one another and uh, you're not working in silos so i'm i'm thrilled udl is going to be um a common word um a common acronym i should say that uh, uh you know and that's the goal that we're sure that we're addressing the needs of all kids and udl is the, the way to do it yeah it's great Super exciting so i'm really looking forward to um um, working with our certified trainers and sharing at our, our next uh, meetings. And it's so nice that we meet monthly and can share ideas. Um, we have so many experts out there that are doing some, so, so much valuable work that, um, um, so anyway, I, I want to thank you, Tina and Barbara, for the support you offer because uh, I've grown just with my association with you both and it's really helped me to grow as a as a learner myself well you're welcome and thank you thank you for today uh you know out of your busy schedule so we appreciate it yeah that was that was wonderful